بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي دل شيء بالله Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home Perhaps after the Prophet's Anbiya alayhimu salatu wa salam The most difficult responsibility Which needed to be carried out In the most complete and perfect way was the Khilafat of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala At the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the munafiq and the hypocrites started to stick up their necks up high thinking that now this is the right time to completely dissolve the companions be it Muhajireen or be it the Ansar, be it Hazrat Ali, be it Osman, be it Umar Farooq or be it Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala with all the fitans that erupted on the face of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was a man who showed no fear absolutely absolute calm all the fitans are around him, surrounding him. Hazrat Barar radiallahu ta'ala says that the messengers from the different areas would come into Madinatul Munawwara and give bad news to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq that so and so tribe have apostated, so and so are now trying to enter into Madinatul Munawwara, so and so tribe is amassing an army against you. And Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq would just smile at them. It was as if though someone was giving him glad tidings and not bad news. Subhanallah On one side you have the hypocrites, munafikin in Madinatul Munawwara. And then you have those who are the murtaddeen, those who apostated the fitna, the fitna of Ridda. Then you have the tribes who say, that we are Muslims, but we will not pay Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an zakat. That was only exclusive for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Another fitna. Another fitna was to make sure that the khilafat was understood clearly in between all the companions. And another fitna that was there was also in every tribe there were people who wanted now to get that position and earn that position 
So they started to claim Nabuwat prophethood and they said that we are also a Nabi like how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was a Nabi. And then you had the Roman Empire and the Persian Empire looking into Madinatul Munawwara and were trying to attack that city of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Madinatul Munawwara. So from all angles, the enemies are there in the middle is Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala Huzur alayhi salatu was salam is resting everything is on his shoulder subhanallah just imagine my respected brothers what the situation must have been for Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq this is why Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala gives us a beautiful example she says that the companions were like scattered goats uh, in, a, in a land that is full of wolves in the night, in a stormy, cold, rainy night and wolves are everywhere and the shepherd is only one Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala Subhanallah but Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala no fear very calm it is said that some of the companions came to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and they said that Amirul Mu'mineen, no one has this quality except for you. If you remember when Absalallahu alayhi wasallam, when the news broke out that Huzur alayhi salam has passed away, all the companions were not in that right condition. And some of them went out of Madinatul Munawwara. People like Hazrat Umar Farooq said that no, Huzur alayhi salam is resting, he will come back. The only man in full control was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. So he was also in full, full control against the fitan. So the companions questioned him, Amirul Mu'min, this quality of yours, how did you earn that? My respected brothers and elders, this quality that he earned was by staying in the khidmah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You see, you get some people who say, Oh gee, what do you get in listening to Maulana's dars? 30 minutes. What do they say? 30 minutes. What do you get in listening to a Maulvi who is only an Imam? 30 minutes. And on a Friday, 30 minutes. Well, my respected brothers and elders, these are the juhala of the ummah and there is no greater jahil than them subhanallah it has been the tradition and the sunnah of this ummah that people would sacrifice not 30 minutes but years upon years years upon years and they would stay in the khidmat of shuyukh and ulama and scholars it is a shame today my respected brothers that Shaitan is trying his very best to pull away the general public from the ulama, from the sulaha, from the imam of masajid to pull them away and this is the politics that is played and on top of that is the shaitan May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the sense give us the sense my respected brothers if the ulama were not here, my respected brothers, and I say this very categorically clean, 
the minarets and the domes that you see in the United Kingdom would not have been here. It is the barakat of the ulama of this ummah. And nothing else. And nothing else. If these madaris and maqatib and darul uloom were not there, then believe me you, you'd be prepared to pay a hundred pounds for your tuition, for the tuition of your child and you would want an alim to come to your house and you would respect him subhanallah but today everything is there so we have no qadr so what do you get in 30 minutes? go and look at Uzbekistan go and look at the Soviet Union and that part of the region that did not do Qadr of the ulama go and look at Iraq today that the ta'aleem and ilm is completely in the style of universities and that is it and the, and the madaris and the maqatib is not there whenever you take this out this ummah is punched so badly that it will take them another 50 years to come back up. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. It is shocking, shocking. Subhanallah Subhanallah salatu wassalam says that on the day of Qiyamah, the general ummah, I, they will be fed and given how they kawsar to drink by the special goblets that are there but when my the ulama of my ummah come I will give them my hands I will give them my hands subhanallah some of the, the things that you hear it, it makes you sick I'm sorry if I may use this harsh word all you have to do is go to countries like America and some parts of Europe where they, they are desperate for people who have knowledge and where there is knowledge you, you see the shaitan that puts an Islamic label there and with the Islamic label and he wants to deceive the ummah and they feel that by staying in the company of ulama or by sitting in the gathering what do they earn? Does your level of Iman increase? Does it increase? What do you get? Nothing. Allahu Akbar. And I can go on my respected brothers, but I don't want to go into that because that's not the topic. We are talking about one of the greatest human beings after Anbi alayhim salatu wassalam, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. He stood firm and this barakat that was given to him that he feared no one but Allah was that companionship, that exclusive period of time which only he was given and he earned. When Absalallahu migrated from Makkatul Mukarramah to Madinatul Munawwara, he spent his time in the in the cave with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam three days 
And when the enemies came to look for Rasulullah and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq got so scared because fear was in his heart at that time. And he says, Ya Rasulullah, if the kuffar were to just look beneath them, where the feet are, they will notice us. Abu sallallahu alayhi wa was Nabi. Kamale Yaqeen is given to Anbiya alayhi wasalam. And after Anbiya, Kamale Yaqeen is given to Siddiq. That's why Siddiq and Nabi, subhanallah, it's a very close. I'm not saying in any way, don't get me wrong, that it is Nabuwat. It is not Nabuwat, but it is a very close connection. They are always in the company of Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. These are the Siddiq of the Ummah. And so Abu sallallahu alayhi wa says, Ya Aba Bakrim, ma ra'yuka bi ithnayni Allahu thalithuhuma. O Abu Bakr, what is the opinion, what is your opinion of the two for which Allah is the third? What is your opinion of those two for whom Allah is the third? And Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq said that at that time, Huzur alayhi salam says, Inna Allah ma'ana, Allah is with us. Ma'ana, with us. And Ayat Karima Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought down his sakina, his tranquility, not only on Hazrat Abu Hazrat Rasulullah, but also the one who was accompanying him, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. So he said to the companions, from that moment, from that period of time, from that company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and that tranquility that was given to us. And that ayat karima that was revealed, in Allah ma'ana that Allah is with us. Abu Bakr Siddiq fears no one. Abu Bakr fears no one. This was the yaqeen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there to help me. And subhanallah, when you look at the khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala, and victory upon victory came to him. Victory upon victory came to him. And all the fitans that were there. Musaylamatul Kazab's fitan was taking root in the time of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. When Musaylamatul Kazab was assassinated, another man, a powerful man, Aswad Anasi, claimed to be a prophet. And once he captured this great Tabi'i whose name is Abu Muslim Al Khawlani, Abu Muslim Al Khawlani, he is a Tabi'i, one of the great, greatest Tabi'i. And Abu Muslim al-Khawlani was captured by Aswad al-Anasi. So Aswad al-Anasi said to him that, Do you take me as Rasulullah? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Yis Rasul ki baat nahi ho rahi Do you take me as Rasul? As in, he was an imposter. So, he said, oh, I can't hear. He did ishara. What are you talking about? So he said, do you take Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as Nabiullah? He says, yes, I take Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a Nabi. So he asked him again, do you take me as Rasulullah? So he says, can't he? Now imagine to do that in front of Aswad Anasi where he is based with his army. And he asked him again, do you take Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as Rasul? He says, naam. He says, do you take me? And he says again, well, I don't understand what you're saying. He got so angry as for the Anasi. He said to his followers that today I have decided that I am going to burn 
Abu Muslim al-Khawlani in front of you. I'm going to burn him. So he gave his decision that Abu Muslim should be put on the stake to be burnt. And Abu Muslim al-Khawlani was there tied. His hands were tied with ropes and everything. And this fire was in front of him. Abu Muslim al-Khawlani was put into that fire, thrown into that fire. And everybody, all the army and his followers are just looking at Abu Muslim al-Khawlani, who is a tabi'i, not even a sahabi, a tabi'i. And nothing is happening to Abu Muslim al-Khawlani. Just say, janwar ko hum roast karte hain, is tarikhe se, niche aal Abu Muslim is on top like that. Nothing is happening to him. And now they start to look at Aswad Anasi who claims to be a prophet but he can't burn somebody who follows Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He says, put more fire, put more fire. Maybe this is not enough. So they put more fire and fire but nothing happens. Eventually they surrender and they say, right, Abu Muslim ko chutti de Abu Muslim al-Khawlani is set free and some of his close people said to him that it is better now that you release Abu Muslim al-Khawlani because he will be a fitna for the rest of the people and they will become Muslim when they find out that he was not burnt by you. So they released Abu Muslim al-Khawlani and he went. In the time of Sayyidina Umar Farooq when Abu Muslim al-Khawlani came to Masjid al-Nabwi, Hazrat Umar Farooq found out and he said that where is that man who was tested by Aswad Anasi. So people were pointing out that he, there he is, there he is. Now he was such a mutawazi person that he didn't say it's me. He says, yes, the person who was tested by Aswad Anasi is Abdullah ibn Saud. Abdullah ibn Saud. This was his name. So Umar said, it is you? And he says, yes. Then he said, yes, it is me. So Umar Farooq came to him, hugged him, and kissed him on the forehead and says alhamdulillah that Allah has shown me from the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam the mu'ajizah that Allah had given to Ibrahim alayhi salam that karamat is given to a follower of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam this is the status that a mu'ajizah given to a nabi like Ibrahim alayhi salam that karamat is given to the follower of Hazrat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi he was an incredible man. Abu Muslim, subhanallah, al-Khawlani, was an incredible man. Vakke, bahadbare, buzrukthe, a great, great tabi'in. It is said that Abu Muslim al-Khawlani, he fought against the Romans. And uh, what had happened is that he made wasiyat that even when I, when I die, give me the banner of jihad and put it with me in the grave. So on the day of Qiyamah, when I come out, I come out as a mujahid. I come out as a mujahid. Subhanallah. So this is why we have to make a lot of dua for mujahideen fi sabirillah. Those who give their life in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make dua for them with khulus. Nowadays what happens when we talk about karamat and mu'ajizat, talking on this subject of Abu Muslim al-Khawlani, sometimes we see that there is a lot of exaggeration. 
فلاں بزرگ نے یوں پھونک ماری پلین فلاں بزرگ مدد بھی استعان یستعین means to take help from so we take help from so there is a lot of exaggeration now just to put an acid test or to give you a, a clear rule how to understand which karamat karamat is something supernatural anything that is done by a nabi is mu'ajiza anything that is done by a non-nabi someone who is not a nabi or a rasul it is karamat be it sahabai kiram ajma'in or anybody else generally a lot of the karamat that we see is connected to jihad fi sabilillah what is it jihad fi sabilillah so in the jihad if somebody says that a group of the muslimin were in jihad and such and such events happened like in afghanistan the nusrat that came like in shishan the nusrat that came and the nusrat that comes that subhanallah one man is walking but they, the enemy see 2000 people so now if it is connected to jihad if it is in the context of jihad then without hesitation accept that, that this is without a doubt the karamat what is it? because karamat usually comes with extreme khulus and sincerity huzur alayhi salatu was salam was in the battle of tabuk where was he? let me reiterate 
in the battle of Tabuk. Sahaba-i Kiram Ajmain had no water to drink or to do wuzu or to do ghusl. Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam put his hands in front of the companions and water was coming out. What was coming out? Water. How many people drank from that? The entire army, entire Muslim army. All of them, they were the fortunate people. Water that is more greater than Hawzai Kawthar. They were drinking the water from from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that came out from inside the body of Huzur alayhi salatu wa salam and all of them were drinking the hands of Rasulullah was like a fountain was that not jihad fi sabirillah? that was Ghazwe Tabuk what was it? Ghazwe Tabuk usually you see in the Ummah that if it is connected with jihad fi sabirillah, it is a karamat generally karamat is not something that it's like hocus pocus, aapne kuch phunk bhi ho jai. It's not that. So we have to be very very careful. One is jinns that are working and employed for a person. And one is taqwa. That real taqwa is there. Subhanallah. That gives it out. That really gives it out. And once in the battle of Khandak, Hazrat Javir noticed that Huzur alayhi salam and the companions are extremely hungry. So he went to his house and said that the condition of Rasulullah is such that they are hungry, the companions are hungry. What have you got? What have you got? And she said that one small animal, goat, perhaps just enough for Huzur alayhi salam and the close companions, meaning the, the, the senior companions like Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar Farooq and Abdul Rahman bin Auf and, and the rest, Hazrat Ali, but not for all of them. So she said that, go and tell Rasulullah, I will prepare a meal. Now the Jabir radiallahu ta'ala and comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, looks that so many companions are there, and he comes and he says, I want to say something. Huzur alayhi wa says, come Jabir, you want to say something? And he whispers in the ears, Ya Rasulullah, I am giving you dawat at my house. I am giving you dawat at my house. Huzur alayhi wa stood up. Says, MashaAllah, MashaAllah, Javir here is inviting all of us for a meal at his house. SubhanAllah. <laughs> Hazrat Javir started to panic and he ran straight to the house and said to his wife that this, has, this is what has happened. Now, if you have a decent wife, MashaAllah, you will see from her that she will be more consoling and more receptive, she will understand the situation. But if you have one of those wives sharper than a blade, as they say, sharp teeth and a sharp tongue, wives of the companions. And she says, don't worry, tell me one thing. Did you whisper in the ears of Rasulullah and did you clearly say, only you and a few companions, he says, I did exactly what you told me. He says, then don't worry. Now the Javi started to panic. He came, Huzur alayhi salam saw him that the face was a bit red. And so he said that, oh, Javi, come here. Once the food has been cooked, tell your wife to cover it with a cloth and not to open it. This was the miracle. And the pot was given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam put his saliva, auspicious saliva, and closed it again 
900 sahaba kiram ajma'in at from that one small pot kitne one small pot ye jihad ki barakat hai na mere liye a group of christians ab to aap isha ke liye thaer jayenge kaha jana hai what time is azan musabe you always give it early anyway huh 10 10 10 10 minutes but in the time table i might have a few minutes extra because musa i always give it very early a group of christians came to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam from the northern part of arabia the entire community and all of them came in masjid e nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and said to him ya rasulullah we have studied the scripture the injil and we have no doubt that you are the messenger muhammad and ahmad that is mentioned in our scriptures and it is for this reason that we come to you that all of us we want to become muslims now the entire community puri basti aap samjhe puri basti all of them so huzur alayhi salatu was salam gave them the hands gave him the hands and said they bayat rasulullah and he said ya rasulullah in the in the middle of Uh, the area where we live in the city there is this massive building it's a church where all of us go and worship aliyazu billah they would do shirk with, with allah and take they would take jesus as the son of god they would do shirk there so this building is in the center like if you go to spain cordoba is right in the heart the uh, cordoba masjid in cordoba in cordoba so all the muslimin on a friday would pray in that one masjid which is in the heart of cordoba so this was a massive church so we have become muslim now what do we do with this building that is there so huzur alayhi salatu was salam said to them what i want you to do now that all of you have become muslim so there is no christians there so when there is all muslims you don't need a church so what you do is go and bring that church down raise it down to the ground and on that spot exactly where the church was standing we want i want you to build a masjid a house of allah this is my hukm to you go and build a masjid and they said that but we still have one problem and as they were about to say what that problem was huzur alayhi salam said that stop and said to the companions that go and bring water for me i wish to do wuzu the water was given to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallallahu alaihi wasallam did wuzu did kulli maghmaza everything and it is not like our wuzu when we do wuzu the water goes into the drain into the system in the gutter gutter mein chala jata huzur alaihi salam and he would do wuzu subhanallah every care was taken that not a single drop is wasted like how we take care of zamzam greater than that they would take care of the access water that comes out from rasulullah so there was a, a bowl on top and then there was a covering on the ground so that if the water falls it is still secured so every drop of rasulullah was saved sallallahu alaihi wasallam so water was given he did wuzu wash the feet everything and that water was collected and put into this pot and huzur alayhi salatu was salam said that you were about to question me 
and your answer is this water of wuzu, the access water that has come out from my body. They were saying that it would be better for us to construct a masjid in a different area. If we build a masjid in the same area, what will happen is that we are human beings, our thoughts will go to the past and we will think about what we used to do in this in this part of the masjid, what we did there, because before the, it was a church. So we will know exactly what we did in this area. So we feel that this is guna, because we have become Muslims, why should we think of shirk after that? Huzur salam said that no, once the building is put down to the ground, and when you start building the masjid, put the water, sprinkle the water everywhere in its foundation. That is all what you do. And they said that, Ya Rasulullah, it is extremely hot. By the time we get there, this water might not be there. Huzur salam said, mix this water with the other water that you have. Inshallah, it will only increase in barakat. And this water was taken, the, the group that was Christians now all have become Muslims. MashaAllah, go there, do as what Rasulullah told them. They put the church down, build a masjid, and sprinkle the water in its foundation. And when they entered the masjid after its completion, it is said that the entire memory chip, what happened to the past, everything was erased from them. Everything was erased from them. They never ever knew that once upon a time them or their forefathers were Christians. So if somebody would say to them, what are you? They would say, well, we were born Muslims. We were born Muslims. This is the, the ma'jiza of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa So usually it is connected to the jihad. So when it is connected to that, then you accept it without any difficulty. Abu al-A'la al-Hazrami, when in the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq told him to go and fight the murtad that were in Bahrain. Now, the ridda, those that became murtad, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was never harsh. But with those that became murtad, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq gave his fatwa to punish them severely so that they understand that Islam is not a joke. You become a Muslim, you remain a Muslim. You can't become a Muslim on a Monday and then become a kafir on a Tuesday. It is not a joke. You either become a Muslim or you don't become a Muslim. But ridda is a severe punishment. So these were the instructions given to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. And Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, when he would find any of those that were murtad, he would severely punish them. He would burn them and he would cut off their limbs and he would take them up to the mountains and he would push them down from there. And there was no mercy because this was the sabak that the Muslimin had to give them in the beginning so that everything comes under control. This was the, the policy of the Muslim government at that time. Subhanallah. So, uh, Abu Ala al-Hazrami noticed that the instructions of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq it's a few more minutes, was that to tackle the ridda in Bahrain, what had happened is that Bahrain were different islands also. So there was one particular island where all these Murtaddeen had taken refuge. Now the Muslims were with their horses to cross uh, to that island, there was sea in the middle. They had no boat. Some of them had never seen a boat, the companions. So how do they get to that island? 
It is said that while uh, the boats that were there, it was one day's journey. So Abu al-A'la al-Hazrami, who was the Amir of that group, said that we are Mujahideen and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken it upon himself that he will help us. So he said, let us all come and let us all make dua. They all made dua and he made dua, Allah we are here so we can protect your deen and our enemies are there in the middle is the sea and we are here we have nothing and he made dua and he says right all of you get onto your animals sit on the on your horses those that don't have horses walk it with me walk it with me where and there with his horse abu al-ala al-hazrami and the the army of the muslimin now has can, can you picture yourself mashallah to be there and to see this Muslim army. It is said with the horses and the camels, they stood on, this, on, on the top parts of the water, the sea, with everything there. It is said the water would only reach to the ankles of the animals and those that were walking, it would only soak their feet. That is it. And they walked it all the way to that island, which was a day's journey. It is said they went to that island with their horses and everything. They defeated the enemies, they captured them, and they came back the same way. They had no boat, and they came back and they did all that in 24 hours. That is why it is said that the highest ranked priest in Bahrain, who was a Christian, became a Muslim. And this was horror for the Christian community at that time. Imagine, yani, ye aisi baat hai ke koi aapko yun kahe ke ye John Paul jo chala gaya, wo musalman ho gaya. Can you imagine what would happen? So he was in that position and he became Muslim. So when he became Muslim, they said to him, what made you become a Muslim? He said that I got, I fear that if I did not become a Muslim, Allah would transform me and punish me and would get rid of me or do something to me. I would be punished severely. He says, why? He says, when the Muslims were coming, I could hear from above them angels that were communicating and talking to themselves. So this is the awsaf of the Muslimin, mashallah. And this is the difference that is there between mu'ajizah and karamat. And a lot of people very want to simplify things and exaggerate a lot of things, you see. But this is what our ulama have said, that when we look at the tarikh, generally, generally, it is with mujahideen fi sabilillah, and it is, it is with the shuyukh, and the great muttaqeen, and ulama, and sulaha, and awliyaullah, with them due to that taqwa, it comes out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, give us a tawfiq. Inshallah ta'ala, in the next session, we will talk about Aswad Anasi, who claimed to be a prophet, and all the events that had that will that had taken place with him, inshallah, in the next session. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammadin nabi ummi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima. Salli'na wa ta'ana gufrana karbana wa ilayka al-masir. Bi rahmatika ya alhamdulillahi wa